so proud of our young guys and Charles and April and Steve, Maisie and Jenny at, uh, at Victory Church. I, I think they've just all stepped up and doing a fantastic job. Would you give this couple a big hand? They're a great, great couple. This week I was in Adelaide visiting my mother and uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm actually an only child and uh, my dad passed away about five years ago now and uh, my mum's in Adelaide by herself in a sense uh, and God's really provided for our family. You know, she has a carer who uh, goes there. He's actually a, a relation of ours but he is committed. I, I don't know how, how this has happened. It's just the grace of God but he goes every morning to see her. He, he cuts her lawns. He prunes and... Uh, prunes the trees, the flowers, he washes her windows, can you believe that? And all just for a cup of coffee in the morning. So it's just amazing what happens there. Uh, and she's doing really, really good. I uh, had the opportunity to take her shopping and go to the bank and that was an experience and a half. So I was with her for about three days and all I can say is, boy, you need a lot of grace sometimes for your parents because they, uh, they change as they get older. So I took her to the bank and uh, I took her to the bank and she, uh, it's, it's an Italian community, a place called Paynham. That's where I grew up in this, it's, we actually call it Little Italy. And as I go into the bank, there's all these Italian old people in the bank. It must be a meeting place, money and people, I don't know how it works. But anyway, I go there and she goes to me, go and stand in the queue. So I went and stood in the queue for her. She says, I'll come when the, you get to the teller. And she starts to pastor all the people in the bank. She's kissing them. She's telling them, you're beautiful. She's hugging them. And boy, was she loud. And I knew. And she goes, my son is here. My son is here. Anyway, I get to the teller and I finally go, mum, can you come here? Because you've got a sign. And she starts an argument with the teller because she goes, he's my son. He have my name, my blood. Why can't he sign for me? And uh, I said, because I'm, you know, you need to be a signatory. She goes, no, but you're my son. You have my blood. You have mine. This is loud vocal. And I'm just, I just feel like shrinking. And um, anyway, eventually I convinced her. I said, your signature is more special than mine. So that's why you need to sign. So she finally withdrew the money. We got out of there and we we're all in the same sort of area. And so from one place, I drove her to this other place where she needed to get some medication. And she goes to me, park right here. I said, you can't, we can't park there. She's giving me directions. I said, you can't park there. It's got standing only. She goes, that's okay. You can still park her there because it says standing. You're not allowed to stand, but you're allowed to park. And I'm trying to explain to her, no, it means you can't park. So we got into another little discussion, which turned into a little bit of an argument. And I just ended up doing what I had to do. Then I took her shopping in Coles. And we're in Coles and she finally gets all the stuff she needs. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to help her. And she gets to, you know, the counters and she pulls up at the 12 items only. And she's got more than 12 items. Of course she does. She's an Italian. You know, she, anyway, she starts, you know, and I said to her, you can't, we can't be here because we've got to go into, this is only 12 items. She goes, don't worry, I know the lady, she's Italian. And anyway, we got through that. And I, I just kept apologizing to all the other people that were behind us that one, had one or two items. So that was my trip in Adelaide. And now I've come home for a rest. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, this morning, just before I just share a few thoughts with you, um, I just want to thank uh, a couple in our church that, uh, you know, helped us in the early stages and even in when we came into this building that 
you know, helped in our hosting team and this couple most probably today going, you know, we, you didn't warn us about this and I'm sorry that I didn't. But if I did, uh, Rod would have most probably said, no, I don't want to come up the front, but I'm going to get you to come up if that's all right. So Rod and Sal, could you come up for me and would you give them a big, big hand? Come on, we can do a lot better than that. And guys, we want to thank you. You know, this is not just myself. You've got to understand that our church want to thank you. I want to thank you for the early days. Uh, Not many people know this and would know this about Rod. uh, But Rod would come with a trailer. I think it was about 8 o'clock in the morning. And earlier, we used to have to get all the gear. We didn't have a van at the time. And Rod would be so gracious to get, you know, to get up early. He's a businessman. He has his own business. He works full-time and works very, very hard. And we remember those days. Those were foundational days. And without people like yourselves that, that did the small things, that did the things behind the scenes that nobody sees, aren't you glad that God sees it? Friends, let me tell you this. There are things that we do that God sees. That's more important than when we all see it and we applaud but God sees the things we do behind the scenes. And, you know, I, I want to commend you for that. I want to commend you for your faithfulness. I want to commend you that for about three and a half to nearly four years, you actually ran the hosting team here, and you graciously have now handed that on to another couple that, you know, we're, we're raising up to, for God to do some great things. So this is a small gift uh, of our appreciation, of our love to you. We thank you that, uh, you know, there's new doors opening up for you and for what God's going to do. So today we just want to bless you and thank you. So there you go. Come on, give him a big, big hand. That's awesome. You know, this week uh, we've got Hope Tour coming and uh, we're going to pray about that at the end of the meeting. Um, We've also got a couple coming from Singapore that I met 13 years ago and uh, I prophesied actually over over both of them and um, cut a long, long story short, they're coming here for about 10 days to just, you know, um, be in an environment where they can be under apostolic prophetic leadership so that they can actually go back and, and see what God is going to do through them. They feel to plant a church, and uh, we're so thankful that we're part of that. I don't know to what level that will, will work out to, but we want to help wherever we can. And after they leave, we actually have a young man from... Uh, India coming. He uh, uh, does incredible work in India uh, through our Victory Church. Uh, we sponsor four different uh, nations and one of them is India. And this young man is coming pretty well the day after the couple from Singapore leave and he's going to be with us for 10 days. His name is Suraj. Uh, that's how I'm going to say it. Uh, you just think about it. But anyway, it's his name Suraj. He's a young man that we believe Um, one day is going to pioneer a significant church there. And the reason we're bringing these couples here is so that they can be exposed to the possibilities of what God can do. How many of you know God is here to reach nations and nations of the world? This morning I'm going to share some quick thoughts with you and then we're just going to update you on what's happening with our community hub, which is very, very exciting and also pray for hope to it. The, the title of my message this morning is Hands Up and Hands Out. This morning I, I want to talk about the different expressions of worship. I know that last Sunday 
pretty well the whole meeting was given to the expression of worship in these four walls. And I heard it was a great, great service. I'm so encouraged, you know, for me at three o'clock, uh, all the guys on our team ring through and tell me how the services have gone. And I heard great reports about the service that was had here last week. But, you know, the expression of worship isn't just with our hands up. The full expression or the biblical actual expression of worship, the full picture is our hands up and our hands up. The Christian stance for biblical worship is twofold. Upwards towards the presence of God and outwards towards the purpose of God. And both of these are actually acts of worship. I want us just to turn to Romans chapter 12 verse 1 very quickly. Romans 12 verse 1 says this. I'm getting a little bit of a ringing coming back here. I I don't know why that's happening. This is what it says, Romans 12 verse 1. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer up your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do you know, there is a danger... There's definitely something happening here. It sounds like I've got a radio talking to me while I'm talking. There's a danger in the Pentecostal circles, and I'm Pentecostal through and through, that worship can become an event. And that is not a biblical model. That is not a biblical pattern. Actually, worship is not an event. It's a lifestyle. How many of you know that? And worship is expressed not just... In the 20 to half an hour that we spend here on a Sunday lifting our hands, it is actually every part of our life. And in Pentecostal circles, sometimes what happens is we we get up and we we departmentalize and we can compartmentalize worship and think that worship God is just about these 20 minutes or 30 minutes that we spend on a Sunday. Let me tell you, it's very important what we do, and let me clarify that in a minute, but worship is more than that. It's the lifting up of our hands to connect with the purpose, sorry, with the presence of God, and it's also reaching out our hands to connect with the purpose of God. When you connect with God's presence, you can't help but engage with this purpose. If you truly connect with the purpose and intimacy of God, you cannot, you cannot help yourself but engage with the purpose of God and that is the true full act of worship. Do you know, it's the same as marriage and, and love. Do you know, many of us, we, we think that love, and if you're courting like Geordie is courting, And you did a good job this morning, Geordie. Would you give him a hand? Didn't he do a good job? And he's excited because he's courting. He is in a relationship. And he is on a journey to marriage. And we're helping him on that journey to marriage. And at the moment, Geordie's expression of that love is very much romantic. And it should be. He's courting. And... um, But how many of you know that marriage and love expresses itself beyond just romance? We all like the candlelight dinner. We like to 
have a place where we're alone with the one that we love, where there's no distractions, where the mobiles are not only switched off but left alone. Today you go out and you see couples, you know, they go out for, for dinner and they're, they're on their phones and social media has become such an interruption and they're actually on their phones instead of interacting with each other. But romance is so important. Being together is so important. It's that connection and intimacy that we all need. But how many of you know that it doesn't end there? It just starts there. Because love is expressed in a very practical way. When I'm helping my wife clean the lounge or vacuuming, like I do most Saturdays, now she's not here, don't go and check with her about that after. When I'm helping her wash the dishes, when I'm helping her cook, which doesn't happen too often because if I help her, we usually have a disaster. It's taking out the rubbish bin. Those are practical expressions of love and they're just as powerful as the romance. How many of you know that? And those of you that are married understand the full, the full expression of love. Actually, young ladies, if the boy you're going out with and is courting you is really good at romantic love, but not in the practical love, you need to talk to someone. Or you need for him to talk to someone. And it's the same with the things of God and the things of the Spirit. We need the upward worship which connects us to the heartbeat and the intimacy of God. And I don't want to devalue those things at all. It's so important. I know that it's during those times that significant things have happened in my heart and shifted and healed me of things that I've had to walk through. When you come into the full presence of God, there's something powerful that happens and we so need it as Christians. And my stance to that is my hands lifted up in humility. But the same is true and is so powerful that when I contact God with intimacy, then my hands can't help but reach out and fulfill the purpose of God. And God is just as pleased when our hands are reached up to him as when our hands are reached out to his purpose and for people. Did you know that's the full picture of worship? Our whole life is a picture of worship. Pentecostal people have a go at mainline people sometimes because they say, well, your outward worship, you're you know, engaging with community, but you don't have the presence of God. Sometimes, you know, what happens with Pentecostals is that if we only become one-dimensional in our worship, then we begin to internalize and it can move into self-gratification. How many of you know that being in the presence of God gives you great great emotional and spiritual connection. But if we leave it at that, it can become self-gratification. It can become all about us. The same is true as Pentecostals sometimes say to mainline people. Mainline people have a go at Pentecostals because they say, well, you know, you contain God in your four walls, but you don't bring him to the community. And sometimes if we only do that and our hands are only outwards, then what happens is that we can actually become self-righteous. Our works take the place of righteousness. 
And so you need the both. Out of balance, what happens is one, we can have self-gratification. The other one, we can have self-righteousness. But if we have our hands up and our hands out, let me tell you, the presence of God will work in us and through us and reach the community. And that is the full picture of worship. Sometimes I think we, in our terminology in church, and we've done it in this church, and I'm not trying to embarrass anybody or I'm not trying to offend anybody, but this is what we say. We're now coming into a time of worship. Well, really what we're doing is we're expressing our worship in a different way. We're expressing our worship in an intimate way, in a place of connection. And we need to understand, sometimes we say, well, wasn't it a great worship service? And that messes with my head a little bit because, you know what, the moment I walk out those doors and I reach out to people, I'm still worshipping God. And the danger with the Pentecostal church, and please hear my heart on this, please hear me, I love the presence of God. Without the presence of God, we are just an organisation. We're no different to any other club or organisation. It's the presence of God that makes us and brings us and defines us as God's people. But it's also the hands of God that reaches out to people is just as powerful in worship and God is just as pleased when we're moving in his purpose as we're moving in his presence. Upward hands and outward hands. You know, this, this pattern is very, very true in the Bible. If you actually look at the pattern, uh, you'll see principles and patterns that actually reinforce these truths. Here's one in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, it is about receiving the Holy Spirit. The disciples came together in the upper room. It was the day of Pentecost, and they waited on God to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be in his presence. And it must have been an amazing experience. Now, how many of you know when you come in the presence of God, it is an amazing experience? You know, I I was in um, Brisbane the other Sunday and to see what God's doing there. And in in the midst of their expression of their worship, I just began to get so overwhelmed with the presence of God that I began to cry. Now, I, I don't cry easily. So I know it wasn't just an emotion. I was being touched in my spirit and I felt that God was actually just beginning to just just restore some things in my heart and and, and I was praying for some things, some really deep things and the Holy Spirit, I came in contact with his presence that so moved me to tears but it also released something in my spirit. I love the presence of God. And in Acts chapter 2, what an experience it must have been. But the outcome of that act, of that place of worship of the presence of God, was that Peter, after that act, came out and outstretched his hands and began to preach the gospel and 3,000 got saved. That was just as powerful. That was just worshipping God the same way as the encounter that happened in Acts chapter 2. Look at the outcomes of what happens when we encounter the presence of God. It means the first thing that Peter did, First in the upper room, he must have had his hands up. But then he engages with the purpose of God and begins to witness and over 3,000 people get saved. I bet you God was just as pleased at that as he was when they were encountered by the Holy Spirit. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 34 to 44. It's the feeding of the the 5,000. 
Now, people have been with Jesus. They've been in his presence. They have sat under the anointing of his teaching. They've sat under his presence. What would it have been like to be, you know, in that situation where they were sitting, listening to Jesus, his wisdom, his love, the principles of life? Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why did Jesus say to the disciples, hey, feed them? Because I believe he was trying to teach them, hey, it's good to have your hands up and receive from me, but you also, the full impact of worship is we need to have our hands out and reach and minister to people. That's the full impact, I believe, of worship. Actually, the two greatest commandments in the Bible are found in Mark chapter 12, verse 29. This is what it says. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your body, and then love your neighbor. Can you see that act? Here we see the same principle. Love God and love people. That is the full act of worship. Actually, the Bible says if we were to fulfill those two commandments, the first and the second greatest commandments, they would fulfill the whole law. Do you know, in society we have so many problems and challenges, but do you know what? If we just followed these two principles, these two commandments, love God and love people, we would not have the challenges that we actually have today. I'm going to close in a minute because we're going to pray for some people but and from some situations. Uh, in 1981, there was a movie release called Chariots of Fire. Um, who, who's ever seen the movie? Put your hand up if you saw the movie. Who's never seen the movie? All the young guys, all the younger generation. You need to see the movie. It's a, it's a classic movie. And this movie in 1981 focuses basically on two athletes. Both of them were representing the UK, the United Kingdom, in the 1924 Olympic Games. And this movie really focuses on the life of Eric Little, who was a fully dedicated Christian, but also on the life of Harold Abrahams, and both of them were competing and representing the UK in the 100-metre sprint. Now, this is a prestigious event, because if you became the fastest person in the world, then it would bring great benefits, great rewards, great reputation. And so everybody wanted to win this event. Now, Eric Little, in the training sessions, had actually beaten Harold Abrahams, and Harold Abrahams needed extra coaching because he really wanted to win this race. This man's focus was all about himself. This man, his identity was based on, the, on his performances. But Eric Little who the story is really about, was such a strong lover of God. I don't like to use he was just a Christian. He loved God with all his heart. The event actually fell on a Sunday. And all of a sudden, there was a conflict in his heart because he wanted to always represent that the first thing in his life, the most important thing was God. And so he makes this decision that because it falls on a Sunday, he will not take place in this event. The Prince of England at that time actually tried to convince him and did everything to convince him because he knew that if Eric ran this race, they would have a guaranteed gold medal. 
But Eric stood to his, his ground and his faith and says, no, I must honour God. This is God's day and I will put God first. Now, how many of you think that's a courageous thing to do? What an incredible act of worship. What an incredible act of worship because worship is really putting God first. It's saying God is my first priority in everything that I do. And he pulls out of the race, but they convince him to run in the 400 metre, which is a race he's never trained for and he's never actually you know, equipped to because his lung capacity had not been stretched that capacity. So he decides, okay, that race is on a Tuesday, I'll run the race on a Tuesday. While the race is run, he was in church preaching on Isaiah chapter 40, that he gives strength to the weak. And he honours God. What an incredible, he was there worshipping God. His hands were lifted up. On the, the Tuesday, and it just so happened that Harold Abrahams won the race. But there was something deeper in this story because this man, Harold Abrahams, who got all his, all his self-worth and all his identity out of winning this race, of becoming the champion of the world, you see in this movie this emptiness because this did not fulfill his heart. And yet Eric Little, even though he hadn't run yet, seemed to be so joyful because his first priority was God. He runs the race, the 400 metre on the Tuesday and wins. And wins this, this gold medal and the UK celebrate. Now they have champions in both these fields. And there's this line in the story which is so riveting and captures your attention because he's talking to his sister who's an advocate Christian who loves God. Obviously, they were brought up great by their parents. And this is what he says. This is what he says to his sister. I believe that God made me for a purpose. He made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure you know, here he was. This is a great picture of what worship is all about. Here he was on Sunday honouring God first. His hands were lifted up. But he was made, his purpose, God made him fast. That was his purpose. And that when he ran for God, he felt the pleasure of God. Because let me tell you this, it's not just the presence of God, but it's the purpose of God that is the full act of worship towards our God. And if we can get a hold of this as a church, then we won't compartmentalize our worship. We won't just say, well, this is just, you know, we come to church and we had our worship. Let me tell you, every day, every hour, we're worshiping God. Our body, that's why we were created. And if you can live under, and that understanding, it will release you. Now, can I just say this, that we need to do the both. You know, really... You know, every morning and every night when I get an opportunity, there's nothing like taking some time. And I, I'm not going to say to you that I do this every single day, but most times that I can, I make sure that I'm doing the both. I make sure that, you know, every morning if I can, I, I can go to my office and I, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes, I just thank God. And so I, it's, it's a picture of me with my hands up. But you know what? During the day, it's a picture of me with my hands out and God accepts the both. And you know what? We should finish with our hands up in the morning, our hands out in the day and our hands back up at night. If we do that, we'll see God do some amazing things in our lives. 
Can I have Dan come up? Dan, could you just come up? Dan's a great young man. Would you give him a hand as he comes? In a couple of weeks, we're going to come to prayer and fasting. And it's interesting when you read Isaiah chapter 58, 5 to 10, I want to read it to you because it really challenges you about fasting. And what kind of fast does God look for? I've been in church life since I was five years old. I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. I've seen churches grow and then implode. I've I've seen churches start off with their hands up, but that's all they've done. They haven't reached out with the purpose of God and they've imploded. They've gone from big churches to small churches because they haven't understood the full act of worship. And this scripture so challenges me because we are going to, for seven days, we usually fast for 21 days, In February, we prepare our hearts. Our hands need to be lifted up to find out what God's purpose is for our life so we can worship him and continue to worship him. In the middle of the year, I I ask our church to do another fast. It's only a seven-day fast. To realign ourselves and make sure that in the process of everything we're doing, we've still got our hands up and still our hands out. And we're going to do the same thing. Some of you are going to fast TV, food, coffee. That's a big one. Sugar. We do Daniel fasts. We do all those things which are fantastic. But in light of what I've just spoken about this morning, let me read Isaiah 58 verse 5. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed? And for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fast I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Boy, that challenges you. Don't turn away. You know, there's, there's some people here, please be careful of how you minister to your family. You know, right now in Adelaide, there's a conflict in my family and with my extended family, some cousins, And it'd be very easy right now because of some of the things that they're doing to turn away from them. But they're my flesh and blood. And I need to minister to them just as much as I need to minister to anybody else. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will come quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call on the Lord and He will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and the malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in darkness and your night will become like that of the noonday. This is the fast 
Our fast towards God was with our hands lifted up in His presence, but must be with our hands reaching out to humanity. Do you know when we come to worship, the lifting of our hands and fasting, we must come with humility. Acknowledging that God is our creator. He's created us for his purpose. We lift our hands in humility. But the direct act of that is that when our hands are lifted up in humility, then our hands will reach out to humanity. And if we can see, and this is what this passage is talking about, we can fast, we can do all the things that we need to do, we can connect with God, We can lift our hands up, but if our hands aren't lifted out, then we limit the impact of God's presence and the releasing of His power. Did you know that God's power is released the moment that you put your hands in this direction? You think about it. Why don't miracles happen in the Western world like they do in other countries, the Eastern Blocs, the Indias and things like that? Why is that? Have you ever thought about it? It's because I think in our nation, we just like to do this. God, we lift our hands. And that's great. But the power of God is released when our hands are reached out to people. And I want to see the power of God released. But God's not going to give us the miracles. God's not going to allow his power to be released when it's just for our own engagement. I pray today that you hear my heart on this. This is not a message of condemnation. It's just the truth. It's the truth in how we worship God. And unfortunately, sometimes in the Pentecostal church, we totally misunderstand the whole concept and the biblical principles of worship. That's why I believe our two buildings prophesy this truth. That's why I believe that years ago, even before we bought this building, even before this building was built, even before this building was finished, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and said, you can't just have a place where people can come and lift their hands. You've got to have a place where people can reach out their hands. That's why I believe our two buildings reflect and prophesy this truth. Uni Hill Church, this church, this building is about lifting our hands and seeing people come into the presence of God. But I thank God for that building just as much as I thank God for this building. Because that building prophesies that our hands need to be lifted up, but when they come down, they must reach out to a community. And I'm so thrilled to see that we're, I, I believe we're about to come into a new understanding of worship, a new expression of worship. I believe that in the next six months, and as even as we enter into next year, and usually I don't get the theme for the year about September, October. I believe God's given me a theme for next year already. Something that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I believe that many of us have got so much, so many gifts and so many things and so many things that God has blessed us with that we're going to come into a season where we're going to do the both in a consistent way and see the power of God being released. You know, I believe that people are going to get healed in that building. I believe that when people come to that, they're going to get healed. We're going to see the power of God released. It won't just happen here, friends. It's going to happen over there too. And let me tell you this. It won't just happen here or there. It can happen in your house. It can happen in your workplace. It can happen in the school place. It can happen through Hope Tour. Hands up, hands out. Hands up, hands out. 
That's why I love Hope Tour. What is Hope Tour about? Hope Tour is about bringing the presence of God, about the worship, and putting our hands out. Charles has worked really hard. He's got into 19 schools. This week there's going to be 20 sessions. There's going to be five regions, Geelong, Bendigo, Scoresby, Werribee, Bandura. Three training nights with our young leaders. One major rally here at the end to put it all to an end and bring unchurched people here. It is going to be our hands reaching out. And I'm so proud of this young man who's done an amazing job. Would you give him a big hand with his wife? This week... And I know the hard work and I know the struggles that happen when you're trying to break through and trying to get your hands out, trying to bring the presence of God and the purpose of God into these places that are so dark. You know, Chris was talking about hope, bringing hope. That's what we're doing. With our hands out, we actually bring hope and courage to people. It's going to be absolutely amazing. This week, as I was at my mother's place, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and I rang up Charles and I said, Charles, I, I, I think Hope Tour will look different next year. And he said to me, Pastor Nick, I'm so glad you've, you've said that because let me tell you what I feel the Holy Spirit's telling me. I'm excited about what's going to happen next year. How many of you would like to know what's going to happen next year? Put your hand up. Guess what? We're not going to tell you because we're on a journey. So in a moment, we're going to pray for April and for Charles who carry that. Let me tell you, it's not just Charles who carries it. Let me tell you this. They're one in God. They're married. They carry it together. And guess what? They're not the only two that carry it. We carry it. We've all got to get our hands out. Here's the other thing that I'm excited about, and we're going to pray for these two things. Number one is with our eldership, we felt that our community hub needed to have a name. We don't just want to call it a community, a community hub. We felt that we needed to give it a name. Now, what was funny, this week I was in Adelaide, and... This lady from our church rang me. I'm not going to tell you who she is. She rang me. And she, we had been discussing a name. I hadn't told anybody. She rings me out of the blue and says, look, I've been, I better not tell you where she's been, but I came back with a strong thought about this name. Can I share it with you? When she shared it with me, I thought, that is not coincidence. That's God incident. How many of you would like to know what the name is? Put your hand up. Guess what? I'm not going to tell you yet. We're going to tell you in July. The second thing is that we've been praying for staff. And we've felt for quite a long time, this has not just been six months. It's actually, I've been carrying this for about two to three years in my heart. And this morning, I want to introduce and announce to you, and I, most of you know who I'm about to announce, but that John Graham is going to become our community pastor and coordinator, and we're going to be putting him on staff this week. And, uh, man, you, you know what? You know, God supplies people. He gives us people to carry that anointing. And those of you that know John and Jan, again, he doesn't carry this by himself. Jan carries it with him. It's amazing. I'm so thrilled. I, I, it, it just oozes out of him. You know, most probably John's hands are always reaching out. Those of you that know him, he's, the way he worships God is like this. It's incredible. And we've got to make sure that we give him room to worship God like this too. Here's the other thing that we want to do is we want to put a memorial plaque on 
on our um, on this community hub. I was nearly going to tell you the name. Who'd like to know the name? I can be bribed. If you come and see me after, I can be bribed. No, I can't. Somebody tried to pull it out of me yesterday and I just I stood firm. And I told Meredith to stop it. So anyway, here we go. Some of you might not know this, but there was a lady in our church. She'd been in our church for about 30 years and she had no family. When she passed away, she left the church an amount of money that if it wasn't for her, we could not have accessed that building. She left the church over half a million dollars. How many of you know that is amazing? Is it possible that you can live beyond your lifetime here on earth? Is it possible? Is it possible that when you your physical body passes away, you can leave a legacy? That you can actually leave an imprint of the purpose of God in the next generations to come? Her name was Rosa Maria Dora. And we felt as an eldership that one of the things that we want to do to honour God through her is put a plaque up of her name so that we remember and that generations remember of the great sacrifice of others that has gone before us. The other thing we want to do is we want to have our official opening community day on Sunday the 27th of August. And we want to make this a real big community day. What we're going to do is it'll be finished by then. It'll be well and finished. Uh, What we want to do is we want to open it up and we want to take the church, the whole church through it to show you what actually is going to happen. And it's going to be a fantastic Sunday. Even though I believe Bernie, uh, where's Bernie? I think Bernie, it'll be finished in about three weeks, four weeks. Are we going three or four? Four maximum. Please give Bernie a big, big hand because I tell you, he has done an amazing job. The other thing that we felt to do as an eldership is that we felt to take up our next missions offering, which will be in July, Sunday the 16th, when we have baptisms, that we want to take up a missions offering to sow a seed into our community hub. What do I mean by that? Uh, we've extended our mortgage. Our mortgage isn't that big on our church. I think it's about, Richard, you're here. I think it's about 270, 290, something like that. And we've extended our mortgage to make sure that we can fully finish this. But we're going to be short uh, about 30000 Now, 30000 is not a lot of money. And, um, you know, I could, we could mortgage that. We could take that money out. But I really felt in God that we needed to sow a seed. You know, when we built this building, we never came to the church. We never came and says, come on, church, give more money, give more money, because we've got to get this building. We only took one offering. It was for chairs. It's what you're sitting on right now. We got people to pay for their chairs. It was just an investment seed. And we're believing that we can raise $30,000 to invest into that building so we can serve our community with a message of hope, truth, and love. How many of you think that's a good idea? Only three hands. How many of you think that's a good idea? Put your hand up. Now, gentlemen, people, listen to me. It ain't difficult. If 10 people, and I guarantee it, I could, I could guarantee it, 10, 20 people could give $1,000 each. We can raise money like that very quickly. It's a seed. If we don't put that seed in, 
then all we're doing, friends, if we don't invest something, we're not going to see the growth and the release of God's power in what he wants to do. That's how God works. And so I'm going to ask you to pray. And for some of you, you can't give $1,000. For some of you, giving $50 is just as much as giving. It's not about the amount you give, but it's not an impossibility. Come on, let's really rise up. And some of you, I pray that God will speak to you because you will be the person that God, through you, through your seed, we can see people's lives being changed. So, um, Joe, I haven't preempted you to do this, but I want you to come up here real quick. Could you do that? Are you able to come? Is, I know your little boy's there by himself. Maybe he can come with you. Give this lady a huge hand. Would you do that? Do you know, our vision, our vision is to restore, raise up, and release. That's what you're seeing right here. I know I'm naughty. If I had told you, you wouldn't have come to church. So, Joe, how long have you been coming to church? About close to two years now, I think. You came to NMIT. Yep. And the badges bought you. You came together. And um, you came, you gave your... It's been a journey giving your life to Christ and God's restoring you. You're in that process of restoring. I've got the mic. I should keep you. You can keep the mic. Yeah. God's <laughs> been restoring you. Definitely. Yeah. Very much so. And then you've got, a, you've got a dream. You've got a thought, didn't you? He's excited about being up here. And um, you've got a thought about restoring furniture. And now you've, you've gone and you've got a business. That's okay. You've got a business that is reaching out to people. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm a single mum, so times have been a little bit tough on us and um, been working um, round the clock and it was just really hard working weekends, um, trying to manage both. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had the, the vision to sort of restore furniture just on the side, also to fit out our own little place because we couldn't afford to buy... Um, new furniture so we just started painting didn't we <laughs> and um, it started from there just buying secondhand furniture and then um, I met Bella Badger up in Nokitado, um just through a community group that I started like a walking group for um, yeah, sorry I'm going off track a little bit <laughs> um, for, for mums like all mums who and dads if they wanted to um, so that they could meet up during the week and walk together so that they were safe um, with their children and there's over 700 members in that group um, and that's where I met Bella and then Bella introduced me to the church so now she's restoring furniture and through that business people are coming and connecting now I don't know it's you know she's not out there going I'm a Christian but it's not what she says it's who she is it's her spirit what can God do this is this is part of our vision can you see this it's actually unfolding this is, this is hands up, hands out. This is hands out. And let me tell you, the power of God will be released when our hands move from being in his presence, which is so important to hands out and reaching out. I want to see more stories like this. I want to see more lives like this. I'd love to make that place because we're going to call it a center. I won't tell you what we're going to call it. And, uh, and you know what? We're going to see... Story after story after story after story after story. Come on, would you give God a big hand of praise? Would you stay up here with us? Is that okay? 
Sure, of course you can. Just quickly, um, without church and everyone here, but also the opportunity to set up my little shop, which was in the corner of the warehouse, um, we would not be where we are today. Like, it's unbelievable. And that's all to, to God, starting from and then leading down. Like, Nick and Charles giving us the opportunity. It's been a lot of hard work, but without your support, we really would not be here. We'd still be really struggling. I'd be working weekends. So, yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Isn't that great? It's awesome. John and Jan, would you come? Charles and April, would you come with our eldership? Could our, our Bernie, could you come? Uh, I want to pray with for you two. He's just excited. Is that okay? He's fine. He's adjusting. He's just going to fix the place. Joe, can you come up too? Yeah. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I believe this is such a significant moment. Our church is about to shift. Get ready for some shifts. Get ready for some shifts. There's some prophetic things about to unlock. People's hearts are about to unlock. Nat, would you come up here too? You're part of that center. Natalie is another person whose hands aren't just up, they're out. She's got a music school and she's reaching kids and people that we could never reach. She does an amazing job. One day we're going to when we, when we do our community day, we'll get all the people up that are involved in that and what's going to happen. And let me tell you, the story has just begun. It has just begun. So we're going to pray for Charles and April first. So can we do that? And what I want you to do, there's another position of blessing, of releasing God's anointing is just by reaching out your hand to these people. Would you do that? I'd love to do one day a study on hands. Can we do that? Come on, let's pray together. Father, we thank you that these are anointed hands. That these hands are, Lord, Lord, an outreach of their hearts. This dream started in your heart, Charles. Not just your mind, but your heart. And your hands are connected to your heart. Now, this week, you're going to outstretch your hands and you're going to see not just the presence of God, but the power of God being released. Father, we pray for your grace. We pray for your anointing. We pray for strength. Father, we pray today that you would give wisdom to Charles as he leads this team. And and Lord, he, he teaches many other young leaders about worship. Worship. Reaching our hands out to people. And Father, we ask that you bless them, that you strengthen them, that you encourage them, that in the midst of the journey of their purpose, that they will be so encouraged to see what God is going to do. Believe big, believe big, believe bigger. God is going to give you teams and continue to give you teams. And one day, the day will come when this whole understanding of what you're doing will not just come to the borders of Victoria, but it will go to to the other outer parts of Australia and even beyond and even to the nations of the world. Because with your hands lifted up, God's going to empower you and release you to reach a generation with your hands out. And they'll know the heartbeat of God like never before. We thank you for that right now in Jesus' precious name. Come on, give God a hand of praise. Can we do that? Now can we gather around here and you girls are a part of this. We're going to pray for John and for Jan. And Isn't that great? What a great couple. We're just going to anoint them and Father, we just anoint John. We thank you for the call of God on his life. And we thank you, God, that, Lord, they've responded to your call. 
They know the heartbeat of God. That, Lord, their hands have been lifted up to you. That, Lord, their hands have been waiting like you've been waiting in the upper room. You've been waiting in the upper room, but you've heard the voices. You've heard the voices of the community crying out and crying out. And you've carried this in your heart for many, many years. And it's, it's like God had put you in a cocoon to begin to restore you and begin to refresh you and to begin to revitalize and begin to get you to dream again. But now the doors are being opened. Now the hands are to be outreached again. And Father, we anoint these hands. We thank you for the miracles that they're going to see. We thank you for the people that are going to come and that, Lord, are going to, Lord, just say, hey, John, I want to, I want to come alongside you. John, I want to help you. John, what can I do to help you? Father, we thank you that you're going to open up so many doors and we're going to hear story after story after story like we've just heard this morning. We thank you for Nat. We thank you for her hands reaching out. And Father, we thank you for everything that you're doing. Father, in Jesus' precious and holy name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. God bless you guys. That's great. That's great. God bless you. That's awesome. Hey, the other thing we're going to do is uh, John and Jan are going to be waiting out in the foyer. And uh, they're going to take expressions of interest. If you have a heart to help in that area of community, uh, then can you see, John? Because I really believe that um, many of you, you know, you're, you're just resounding in your heart. You're just really sensing in your heart that God wants to do something through you. And we're going to see God do some amazing things. Hey, there's a couple just here. I haven't met you before. I don't think. Have we met before? Is this the first time you're here or you no, you've been here a few times. Have I, have I actually met you? We have. Well, you're going to have to help me. I'm getting old. You know, Cam and Sarah. Yeah. Do you know, I, I just sense God repositioning some things in your life. Uh, and I believe God's going to awaken some of the dreams in your heart. And uh, just get ready as you begin to, I, I just see you going from this to this in a greater capacity. All right. There's a young lady with your, your hairs, you've got black hair. You were sitting down, you just got up. Yeah, that's you. Um, you know, you're in a place where you're still trying to find what the direction for your life. You know, you're still trying to find, God, where do I fit? God, what do you want to do with my life? There's been some disappointments in your life. But can I say this to you? You need to spend some time just doing this for a while. Just in the presence of God. Let Him restore you. Let Him revitalize you. Let Him repurpose you. Because the day is going to come. You've got an incredible expression and gift on your life to reach people. Did you know that? That, that you are very good at reaching people, connecting. Actually, a lot of people tell you their problems. And you love it because you love helping them. But it's so important just for a while, you keep your hands lifted up to Jesus and let him just touch your life. Father, I pray for these, this couple, for this young lady. Father, let your Holy Spirit come and move in a fresh and a new way. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. Thank you for being patient. Have we got a song? We got a song? Come on, put your hands together. Thanks, guys. Let's lead us out. Let's stay standing.
make way before the king of kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Now God is the lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting now battles. Every knee will bow before him. Now God is the lamb, the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. Stop. 